Hey, Redline Radio listeners, you can find us every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Look, paying rent something we all ought to do, and honestly, sometimes it's a bit of a hassle. What if there was a way to make it easier, more straightforward, and even beneficial for your financial future? Well, that's where RentApp comes in. It's the ultimate tool for renters everywhere. By depositing your payments directly into your landlord's bank account, no more trips to the ATM, mailing checks, managing balances, multiple apps, all that jazz. And get this, there's no fees and no weekly limits. So head to rent.app slash barstool for $50 off your first rent payment and download RentApp in the App Store today. There's some updates on Major League Baseball, on the National Hockey League. We've got some good White Sox beef, the match. There's a Kevin White story. But first, huge news in the NHL, and from the sounds of a chief, hockey is coming back. It certainly sounds that way. So Gary Bettman uh, had a uh, kind of a press conference over Zoom yesterday and basically said that the NHL and the NHLPA have agreed on this format, um, which is going to be the top 24 teams. So it's going to be 12 teams from each conference are going to, have some sort of a playoff and what they're going to do is they're going to have two cities so they're going to have two hub cities and those are yet to be determined i would bet my life that one of them will be vegas and then they're talking about maybe even chicago uh as a second hub city and then they're gonna they're gonna have playoffs so everybody's in the same city they're gonna be playing you know multiple games a day every day for about two and a half months uh and they're gonna finish out the season that way and it opens up with our chicago blackhawks as the 12th seed in a best of five. So the first round is going to be kind of like a play-in uh, where it's like 5 versus 12, 6 versus 11, 7, 10, 8, 9, and they're going to play a best of five. So, like you, you know, best three out of five. Uh, again, like neutral sites, no fans, all of that. And then once uh, the winner of that, when, well, the winner of that round will get into a 16-team playoff like we've been accustomed to our entire life. So uh, I think starting that for like the first true round, you'll have best of seven. And then we'll, you know, just kind of continue on and play the Stanley Cup, I think, is mid-September. Uh, so it, it's going to be fun. I mean, it, it's something. It's it's better than nothing. I heard that if they had just canceled the season, it would have cost them a billion dollars. Like, the league would have lost a billion dollars by not having any playoffs or anything. So now if they do this... They're gonna they're gonna recoup like five hundred million. So did you see, Vegas got crushed on make the playoff bets. They but, did, yeah, like yeah, twenty four or thirty teams because it's crushed. All the teams that are in this tournament are mm-hmm. going to be considered on the prop, like they say, and to have made the playoffs. Blackhawks were last at the Central. Yeah, to so the Bettor, mm-hmm. which is us. Yeah, good for you if you hit yeah. a bet. I had the Blackhawks to win the division, so I still didn't get that one. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's the Hawks, you know, and I look at I, I know, that, and that's a bad way to transition into this, but analytics and all like that community is is on my side. They're playing the Oilers. That's probably going to be the most compelling matchup of the first round. Oh yeah, yeah. Connor McDavid, Leon Drysital. Uh, those are, you know, you could argue, you could make a real argument that those are the two best players in the league right now. And then you have uh, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, like all the guys, Corey Crawford, Duncan Keith, like he's putting out tweets and Instagrams of him just looking like a sweaty savage, like working out, like ready to go. Like that guy wants to play. So you have like a big, and this is why you got the Blackhawks in. Like yeah. this is why this is why the NHL wanted 24 teams, so you can get a matchup like this. And it's going to be Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel against you know our Chicago Blackhawks. And if they can find a way to slow down those two guys and Corey Crawford, plays you know how he can they can win that series and it, and it's like when when those two guys aren't on the ice the oilers kind of suck and they've it's crazy it's crazy yeah. and you know they talk about the hawks defense sucks they've they gave up uh 214 goals uh in the regular season edmonton gave up 215 
So like they're they're like not like they have two unbelievable players and then like ten feet of shit. I don't want to say it's past first present mm-hmm. because that'd be disrespecting Patrick Kane and Jonathan sure, Taze. Yeah. But it's just the tandems, you know, mm. fucking ten plus million dollars each. Like there's yep. like there's so many cool things a in lot at stake of, right there. A lot of parallels. So and it's like it also kind of makes you appreciate that the Hawks were able to win three with those guys. Because mm-hmm. the Oilers, they have, like I said, two of the best players in the league. They haven't been able to surround them with, with talent. And they've made, they've made the playoffs one time with Connor McDavid. He's the best player in the world. One playoff appearance in his career so far. So, And now this will be his second one. And your, your gift for making the playoffs is playing the Chicago Blackhawks. They're probably livid with this playoff format because it's not going to be easy for them. But then why is their odds so low? The Blackhawks? Yeah. Because they're, they've had their 24th team in the league. But they can, you're saying, upset the Oilers. I think they, I think the Oilers match up, you know, and like many things where, whether it's college basketball or, um, or hockey, like once you get to the playoffs, like matchups really matter. And if you have, if the Hawks were to go up against a team that were, like the Blues, where they're like a lockdown defensive team, and the Hawks are still giving up a ton of chances, but they're not, you know, they're not, you're instead of Patrick Kane having like five really good chances a game, he has three. Like that can make all the difference. The Oilers don't have that ability. Like they're going to have to kind of trade chances with the Hawks, and the Hawks have Corey Crawford to back them up. Not to mention Calvin DeHaan coming back from injury. Not to mention, you know, like you might be, I'm, I'm not sure if they've made a ruling on Ian Mitchell yet, but a college kid coming in who should be able to help them. Like they're going to have an opportunity to have a Huge. pretty competitive team. And, and the Oilers, like top to bottom, like their top two are unbelievable. But when you get below that, it's not as good. And they remember Mike Smith, mm-hmm. like from that Coyote series in 2011, he's 40 years old or whatever. He's probably going to be their starting goalie. Like he has, he and this other guy, uh, Koskinen, have split time this year. Neither one of them are that good. So it's like I trust Corey Crawford in a short series. And it's just like who do you trust to get up for something like this? Who do you trust to be working out the whole time? Who do you – you you know, like I trust like my – our guys that we've seen go through the wars, that Jonathan Taves is a workout freak, Kane's a workout freak, Keith. Like they're going to be ready to go. And I think that they're going to drag their, and I know for a fact Connor Murphy's been skating. I know there's like these little secret skates that have been going around, going on around Chicago with with some of the Blackhawks, so uh, private, you know, small group things like that. I think they're going to be ready to go. I can't say the same thing about the Oilers, young team, not a lot of experience. It's going to be fun, and I and like I'm actually looking forward to it because I was kind of wishy washy on it. Now that it seems like it's real, and there are hurdles to overcome, but now that it seems real, I'm, I'm getting excited about Mindset it. Mindset as a Blackhawks fan, will you be at like a bar social distancing? Or are you still at home under the covers watching in the dark? Uh, I think it depends on the time of day. You know, but I I do have these visions of being outside at Declan's with like you know they had that big patio out there on, on that side street, you know, socially distanced sixty fifty people something like that out there watching one of the playoff games. I think that would be electric and a lot of fun. But for yeah, you're right. Like typically for the playoffs, I'm like hold up eating Reese's in the dark by myself. Yeah, you, you know? don't. I don't like talking to Chief during the playoffs. Yeah, like not. I'm not saying during games. I'm saying before games. Just generally, the Hawks are in the playoffs. Mm, I'd like yeah. to give Chief his space. Like it still counts though. 
Yeah, it still counts unless they lose, and then the whole thing was stupid and bullshit. Like that's kind of that's kind of. <laughs> I have opinion. two questions mm-hmm. though. One now is is the, this first round or whatever it's going to be called? Is it going to apply to regular overtime rules? I, they're going to no. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. Like, is it going to be three on three? No, because it, three on three would be awesome. With three on teams. three is three on three is awesome, but <laughs> I think they're treating it like real playoffs. Okay, so no shootouts, no three on three. Like overtimes will be five on five, sudden death, the way it's supposed to. Second be. thing is, there any part of you that's worried though? Though they come out. They look old, like they just get the fucking. They just, they just look lightning fast compared to our guys, mm-hmm. and it's well, kind of like when the Bears defense got old, yeah, in the late two thousands, and it's like, oh fuck, like these so guys. So Connor McDavid looks lightning fast compared to literally everyone on the sure. planet. So like he's gonna like, I, like I'm not gonna be like, oh, Connor McDavid blew Taves' doors off racing that loose puck. Like eh, of course he did. Like he's just the fat. Like he's just lightning fast. So and they have another guy they traded for, Anthony Cio. He might be like the only guy in the world faster than Connor McDavid. So like they have like they they've got guys with wheels, but I you know our guys got brains and they got you know they're conscientious and they know how to play. They play the right way, all that kind of stuff. So I, I kind of I do like I I like it. You know I, you know if if it's a five twelve like college basketball like this is your twelve like yeah. you know it's it, it's very plausible. Um, and again like you know there are some things still to work out in terms of. You know, the, there's talk that the that first round still might be best of like at, after the play in round, the like the true first round that might be best of five as well. They're kicking around that idea. The only ones that they've formally said will be best of sevens are the finals and the conference finals. Um, and then you know you still have to pick a second city. You still have to work out some of the money, but it. I don't think that the NHL would have made this type of announcement if they weren't confident that this was actually going to work out. So I, I think like we're, we're, we're kind of clear of it. And now, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a good summer. It's like, I, I, we, Corona has been horrible. Mm. What's that grunt? Let's not say it's going to be a good summer. I think it's we're going to salvage some hint of day. summer. I mean, if you're for me as a hockey fan, it's going to be March Madness of hockey where you ha- you're going to, because if you're only having one NHL rink in, in, in two different cities where games are being played, you have to play games starting at 11 and, and you know, your last puck drop will probably be nine o'clock. So you're going to have games on that ice sheet all day long. And so every single time slot until you go to bed, there's going to be games on. To me, that's awesome. It's like, I'm going to be betting yeah. the games. I'm going to be watching all the games. It's going to be so much fun. And like the Hawks being in, like, you, like, when was the last time Chicago had, like, a big game? It's just going to be interesting to see how much Sharks Preds does for something like a guy like Dave. You know? Yeah. Like, is this mm-hmm. really going to catch right. people by storm? Is Carl going to be tuning into this? Yes. Like, you know, But, like, everything. Obviously, the Hawks is mm-hmm. one thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of how it always is with hockey, right? Like, yeah. I think everybody, I think nationally, like, it gets a lot of pub in the first round because it gets exciting and, like, the, the it's more intense. So, like, I don't know if they're going to be able to mimic that. Uh, that first round intensity where like every matchup is kind of cool, kind of captivates everybody because the NBA playoffs hasn't started yet. Uh, but I think at least for a minute, they're going to have uh, all eyes on them because they're going to be at all hours of the day. And I think it's I think it's going to be good and it's going to be fun. And uh, and I, I do think that there will be something where people will be curious and they don't they're so starved for sports that they might be compelled to check out, you know, the Sharks. I don't think the Sharks are in it. They're not in it. Uh, but they might be compelled to, pit, to yeah, check out, two yeah, teams, yeah, so. Vancouver against <laughs> yeah, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Like that's a matchup in the first round. Like that might that might be compelling to people. So yeah. because people watch Tom Brady and you know Phil Mickelson, you know, like a uh, uh, scrimmage golf match against Tiger and uh, Peyton, and it's uh, something. 
And something, yeah. So you never know. People just want something, right? Right, exactly. And I and I think this is a fun way to do it. So uh, I, I'm really I'm really excited for uh, the immediate future, and then you know going forward, I think the Hawks are, you know, it, give, giving those young guys a taste. Doc Bolquist, Strom, the Brinket, those guys were important pieces. They've never been in the playoffs, so to give them a little bit of a taste of what play and like, obviously it's not normal because the travel and all that, but it's, it could be valuable experience going forward for next year, whenever it opens up and, and then, you know, longer term than that as well. So I'm pumped. I'm, I'm really excited for that. And do we have home field advantage? You said Chicago could be home, uh, could be hub city. I know we're not going to be in the stadium, but mm-hmm. still like that's our own ice. It's their own baths. Like, you know, they get the, so, they haven't confirmed the second or, or any of the hub cities, but Chicago is listed as a, as a top 10 finalist. There's already been pushback being like, well, if like Vegas, if they're a host city, we're like, we don't want the Knights to be in Vegas. Like, that's not fair. So they would, they would ship the Knights to a different city, the other city and have the Eastern conference teams play in Vegas. So I don't know how it's going to work out, but there is like, if there, if Chicago is a hub city, they might not allow the Hawks to be in that hub city. Mm. So it's like that, that kind of came out after I wrote that blog yesterday. So this, again, these are like some of the hurdles to work out. Um, but it, it, it feels like they're going to like, they're, like there seems like they're on the cutting edge or, or in front. I mean, it makes sense. You got the UC, you got the Sears center, you got the all state. Well, they wouldn't play there. They would play all the games at the UC, but they would use like Johnny's. They would use um, the For, like practice. Yeah, rinks they, have, like, they have like they have like six rinks, six ice sheets within like three miles of United Center. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, though. if you think this is going to happen in this city, I, I think you're I think you're treating. What? Why is that? Like Carl, I think you could even answer this as just a yes, no? just a uh, just not even a hockey question, just like an opening question. Yeah, I just don't know if Chicago is going to allow it. Why do you like Lightfoot? You mean on a yes. political level? Yes. Guys, we're, not... ta- we're talking about a bid process here. Mm-hmm. Chicago's making a bid. So there is part of me that does say we are corrupt enough to get that bid. Like, yeah. we did get the 2012, or was it the 2016 Olympic bid? It was, uh, that was 2016, the I believe. Olympic bid mm-hmm. kind of flowed out of Chicago because Obama was president. Like, right. when we want something and we want to be corrupt enough, we fucking we yeah. put our foot down. And it's, and it's not even that. Like, <laughs> historically, the NHL has had a very good relationship with Chicago and the Blackhawks hosting major events, whether it's Winter Classic or the Draft or the Stanley Cup Finals a million times, and and like Chicago always does a good job. They know they have a good partner in the Wirtz family, so I don't think it's inconceivable. And like logistically, it makes sense. There's a lot of hotels here. There's a lot of you know a lot of practice <laughs> facilities, and you know you talk about the Lightfoot aspect. Chicago does have like an abundance of uh, reportedly abundance of testing materials available, more than a place like. Edmonton or Columbus, and I think that Canada is going to have some restrictions that make it harder uh, to have one of those uh, hub cities uh, happen in Canada, so which might eliminate some of those cities listed in the top ten, which pushes Chicago t- closer to the top. Now, I should clarify, I don't really give a fuck. Like, it's not like I'm going to be able to go see those games, uh, I don't think, uh, or if I would even want to, but it, it's just something that Chicago, it's Chicago's in the news for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Chief, think about the boys hitting Tinder and the screenshots they'll get for blogs and stuff like that. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. But they're, don't break quarantine. Don't take away my Stanley Cup because you're horny. I'll say that. <laughs> what about uh, actual Blackhawk stuff? Like, th- is there any impact by not having, um, you know, like a president in place right now if they go to the playoffs? Doesn't seem like it. Um, it seems like they're they're moving along. And the only thing that, you know, could be impacted here would be the draft. So they're going to have some kind of convoluted draft lottery on the 26th. 
Um, and that's the draft is going to be made up. So normally the Hawks would automatically be in the draft lottery. Now it's going to be the seven teams that didn't make it, plus the eight teams that get eliminated in the first round. So if the Hawks beat the Oilers, they're not in the draft lottery, which I don't give a fuck about that. Uh, so that's the only thing like in terms of general manager, president, all that stuff that would potentially be impacted. But I think if the Hawks get eliminated or when they get eliminated, because I don't think they're going to make a deep, deep run, they might be beat the Oilers, but I think that'll be about it. Um, I think they'll move pretty quickly. So in terms of finding a replacement GM, there's some names being floated out there, some names that people might be familiar with. I dropped that little uh, the, the Tweety Bird that you know that somebody's in my ear. Um, so I think it's I think it's going to happen quickly once everything is sort of f- figured out with both the draft and how the season ends. So I don't I, I think Stan's days as the sole decision maker. Uh, are probably gone, and he might be just gone altogether. So I think he'll either have a boss and retain his position, or he'll just be fired. And uh, either way is you know is a step in the right direction. So exciting that, times for Chief. Yeah, I feel I feel like a million bucks right now. Hockey's coming back. The Hawks are like making big steps that I've been like advocating for for years. Feels good. I I feel good about the direction of the team. Awesome. Now, do you remember this? Do you remember when you did the uh, Stan Bowman? The gift that you used to do from uh, Wolf of Wall Street, whatever happened to that? Yeah, I mean, it just it became outdated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It did a little bit. Yeah. I don't think I've used it in like four or five years. Yeah, but you did at one time. Yeah, well, you know, coming off the of 2015 Stanley Cup, I, I felt it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Mm. How times change? Times have changed. Dave. So NHL's coming back. We have some news on the Major League Baseball front, Dave. There was an offer. Jeff Passano reported an offer was made on like prorated salaries. Seems like owners are finally being able to put some numbers out there. In general, consensus is it doesn't look good. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I would say that it's more of a step in the right direction because now all you have to do is tweak numbers. So basically, the it's this kind of a sliding scale. So if you're a league minimum guy, you'll make ninety percent of that at the prorated rate. So they'd make about half that in a half season. Now without fans, they'll make ninety percent of the like two hundred and seventy five or so thousand dollars. And the more money you make, the higher the percentage uh chunk that is taken out of your paycheck. So there's like a hundred it's a, it's about hundred and fifty players or so, uh total pitchers and position players uh that make over twenty million dollars, I believe it was that I looked up yesterday. And those guys will get, you know, those guys will get uh, 30% taken out, and then the Bryce Harpers of the world, Mike Trout's, they'll get, um, or they'll get 30% of their cut, rather. Mike Trout, those guys get will screwed? get 20%. I mean, it depends on how you want to look at it. The, so what the owners are doing is they're pitting the players against each other, so they're not attacking the owners for making the proposal. So 65% of the league is making about league, league minimum. Like, first-year players, those guys. So those guys are going to be like, hell yeah, let's do this. I'm getting paid 90% of what I would get paid. Let's just get the ball rolling. Let's get some games played so we can make some money. Makes sense. Then the guys that have worked their whole lives to get these mega deals, you know, the Mike Trouts, Bryce Harpers, Max Scherzers, blah, blah, blah. Those guys are all going to be like, why the fuck would I do this? I'm getting I'm getting 20% of the half of what I was originally supposed to make this year. Like, fuck that. So I don't, I don't really know how it's going to work with the players, but... I mean, dude, it's it's going to be a bad look for them if, like, Bryce Harper's like, fuck that, I don't want to make $7 million this year in, in light of the times, if that makes sense. So so it's weird, um, but I has mean... Anyone, has any of the big-ticket guys 
come out and been like, I don't want uh, to do Trevor this. Bauer was chirping yesterday, but tra- Trevor Bauer always chirps. Uh, I think he's making like 10 million anyway. So that would, so that he's one of the guys that would be affected the most, I think. Uh, because obviously, if you're making $8 million a year or whatever that Bryce Harper would make, it, that's hard to bitch at. But the guys making $10 million, those guys are going to be making, you know, a million and a half, two million dollars this year. Yeah, we had we had Ian Happ on last week, and he said himself, like a lot of us, you know, are just so hungry, and the average career is like around four mm-hmm. years, and so that kind of fits the narrative that two thirds of the the players union are these younger players that are like, fine, I'll take two fifty, whatever. I was only making five hundred because they want to put up their numbers and compete and play and earn the right to get bigger salaries down the road. So this is interesting because, in a, in a sense, you have these two groups of players now. Two-thirds of the players' union is going to want to play. Right. Like two th- if you're telling me that two-thirds of the players' union is on minimum wage, I would be willing to bet that 95% plus of those guys would do whatever it took to play this season. Yes. And the, so that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is going to be the fucking Garrett Coles of the world, the Bryce Harpers of the world. And I would argue those guys with families that are already guaranteed over you know two hundred million, hundred million dollars, whatever it is, are going to be just as likely to say no. So now you've got this divide between the heavy hitters in the players' union and the younger core, the more members. And what the owners will do with that is all they're going to say is like, "Hey, you guys can fight amongst yourself like this. This is what we're doing." But what do you think you guys do in free agency? Like, if so, if the White Sox offer a hundred million dollars to whatever X player. He's going to take that offer and go to another team and be like, oh, the White Sox offered me this. You can beat this by Y amount. So the, that's what the players do. They pit the teams against each other in free agency. So it's kind of like a damned – it's like it's devil's advocate more or less uh, in the owner's defense because the players have done this for years and years ever since the players union was established and free agency was established thanks to Kurt Flood. Ed, trivia question. Um, but – so yeah, but I do think this is a step in the right direction. I do. I mean, if Bryce Harper is making fifteen million dollars this year, play eighty games plus playoffs, where they will get bonuses. Um, if if a World Series was played, one hundred and twenty five million dollars uh, would be earned by the league, and that would be divvied up through the players, from what I understand. Even if you don't make the World Series or make the playoffs or whatever, cut. you still get a cut. So, so so how does it work though? Do the players union do they just have like an internal vote, and then the stars get voted out like? Or do they come back to the I, owners? Honestly, like, I, I like can't just... answer that because I don't know. Okay. But, I mean, majority, that's what the owners want right now is like a majority rules type deal mm-hmm. with the players. So, What about deferred payments? Is that being discussed as that part of this? That is being discussed. Uh, I don't know if it's two or three years, um, but those were the numbers that were being floated out that you will make some of your money back over deferred payments. Similar to like we were talking about it yesterday in radio, Bobby Bonilla, uh, Paul Canerco just finally was off the books, even though he's been retired for six years. He was getting a million dollars a year. Max Scherzer is another example. Uh, those guys will get paid after they retire, but they won't officially be on payroll. They'll just get money. So... Um, so that's being discussed for a two-year, three-year deferral, but it will be like another fraction of what yeah, they okay. would make anyways. But, so, um, so the owners are just basically like, we don't want to pay for this year. Well, what the owners are doing is they know that they have time on their side because eventually you're going to have to start uh, spring training 2.0 is what everybody's calling it. Eventually you're going to have to start playing games. But if it gets to July, you're not going to fucking send – send teams out there to play, you know, a 30 game season in August, start playoffs. Yeah. Hope that there's no, you know, spikes in the pandemic. Because that's not what they're going to do. Why not do a 30 game season at the end of the year? I would love that. Every game fucking counts. 
one game. <laughs> just one game? Like, you just play, like, the, you just Everybody sit plays games. everybody yeah. once? No, I think you just keep it in your division, and then okay. you have a division winner. But they're using this as all, they're using time as leverage. So they had the, the there will be a counter proposal to this proposal that was made yesterday, or on Tuesday, rather. And um, eventually the players are going to have to cave to what the owners want. So there, there might be tweaks to these numbers, like Bryce Harper, instead of getting paid 20% of his prorated deal, he might get paid 30%. Or, and then it might, you know, it might go from there. But yeah. um, eventually, I, and, and all of this leads to me thinking baseball will be officially back. Like, this is a good step in the right direction, I think. See, these I numbers, completely disagree. Completely disagree that this is a step backwards. I know we don't want to read the whole thing, but could you we could we at least read the top and bottom? Thirty five million here, we're making seven point eight four. Like through the bottom is five hundred sixty three thousand versus two hundred sixty two. Like that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, and thirty five millions. What is it again? What is it again? Seven point eight. But that's just million. it, Ed. If if P, if these players are bitching about making seven million dollars for eighty games, it's going to be a bad look. But at the same time, you got to put yourself in there. She was like, "Hey, I was supposed to make thirty five million. I want to make all, as much of that as I can." It's very, very lawyered and computed, and they do this with purpose. The owners are. They're, they're going to try to make people mad at the players for not taking this deal. I don't think it's going to work. We're anti-billionaire culture right now, and there are plenty enough voices to defend the players mm-hmm. that this is unfair. Listen, the owners take a windfall every year. Sure, they have the risk, but the owners make a killing every single year. We're in a period of time where we need them to weather a storm. On everyone else's behalf, players, fans, like give us a product, and you're not seeing a willingness from the owners. So I do think the players will have ammunition to tell the story. The biggest thing, though, is time. Mm-hmm. Like It's already fucking June. Right. So yeah. if you're telling me it's already June, they can't get a deal together, Like the idea that they'd start on July 4th is pretty much out the window now. And I just the more divide there is amongst the players' union, the veterans don't want to fucking mm-hmm. go against the rookies, and the rookies don't want to be sitting here arguing against the veterans. But this is the unfortunate reality that the owners have created, and what the owners are going to end up doing mm-hmm. is these guys are going to fucking play. The owners create it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. They absolutely did. This Chief, is... how much do you, how much relief do you think is afforded to owners mm-hmm. if they? Don't get to play a season at all. I don't know. Probably a lot more than if they play some sham fucking season. Hmm. So the owners and they're filing their insurance claims and trying to renege on contracts and trying to back out of advertising deals and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They can back out of all that if there's no season. There's going to be some clause in these contracts that'll allow for greater relief. That's yeah. what I see when I see that the owners don't want to play because they can back out of stuff. Yeah. Is it going to put these guys in a bad spot too or no? Which guys? Like people are like, oh, look at this guy. Like he and I'm going to use him as, as an example. John Lester, I mean, he's obviously, I think he'll pitch his balls off because he's that kind of guy. But, I mean, he made, according to this, he would make $5 million this year. He hasn't made that since, like, 2010. I know it's a prorated. I know he's not playing the full year. But, like, you think John, you think a guy like that's going to get out of bed and be like, yeah, I'm going to show up and For what would shape. be probably a practical hell for him of living in a hotel away from his family for three months? That was amended, though. Okay. Under different circumstances, we'll say. Yeah. Okay. Put it simply. Be interesting to see. It, that's what I, it, you this can't confirms answer that. Where I was. I shouldn't say confirm. It adds just to my own personal opinion that I don't think we get baseball this year. Yeah, I, I, I'd be interested because I like that number, the hockey thing, where it's like they already played seventy percent of their season or, or more than that, and if they don't don't have playoffs, it costs them a billion dollars. So like how much like how much is baseball going to lose by not playing at all? Like it, like that's what I mean. It just seems like there's there's like it's a lot of money to leave on the table and a lot of legalities to work out. Like that's a lot of legwork to try to like 
get relief and get insurance claims and all of this and all like that's why we like Wimbledon canceled but it's like they had the they somehow they had coronavirus or pandemic <laughs> insurance I don't feel like baseball has insurance for that yeah. so or cat- catastrophic again this is all different because you know. it's Wimbledon's one event with no, individual no, participants no. and we're talking about a grand season with with games and stuff but to purely and I guess this could be a transition at least a little bit of the Cubs piece from a business side of this the Cubs have I think Ricketts came out and said their stadium revenue on game day accounts for 70% of their operating revenue. And the regular, a regular team is about 40 or 50% of that. But the reason the Cubs is so high is because so it's such a fucking Disney world now. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that goes into that. The other reason it's high is they don't have disproportionate TV revenues. Like the Angels have disproportionate TV revenues. They have a $3 billion TV contract. They don't do nearly what the Cubs do on a game-to-game like day revenue. Yeah. So, like, the Cubs having limited TV revenues relative to their game day operations means they have 70% of their fucking revenue comes in from over the top. Now, if you don't have these games, can I call up my hot dog supplier? Can I call up Budweiser or whoever supplies the Cubs Mm -hmm. for beer and be like, hey, listen, we're not paying for all that fucking beer this year. And we're not paying for all those hot dogs this year. Mm-hmm. And if you got a fucking problem with that, we're going to open the bids up and we're going to go out to market next year. Right. If I don't have any action going on at Wrigley, I can do that with all these different expenses around my business and maybe salvage some fucking life, especially when it comes to player payrolls. Mm-hmm. So now you're like, without any baseball, without game one, you're limiting a lot of stuff. You compare that to the NHL. You have game one. You have 70 games. You go deep into a season. You have all these expenses. Mm-hmm. Do you believe it's 70%? No, I don't. But I think it's yeah. probably I think it's 70% if you're if you qualify it and you say if you say if you include parking towers and you include mm-hmm. yeah. you know all the real estate that they own and the rents that come in from that and all the licensing and shit around the ballpark, it could be 70%. But I also think that they're giving us a funny definition of revenue. Why are you laughing? Yeah. Because I, I just think it back to a couple of weeks ago when Dave just kept screaming, open the books. Open the books, <laughs> man. Prove it. If you're going to say that's what it is, you got to prove it. But it also comes back like their marquee network. So Cranes had an article behind a paywall. Cranes said that almost $70 million or around $70 million would have come through from Comcast if they got a marquee network deal done. Because then they would have charged consumers to mm-hmm. add it onto their Comcast bill, and that's what yeah. the Cubs would take, $70 million from that. So they didn't have the Comcast deal done. They miss out on all that revenue. Now, because of the pandemic, they're saying people are just going to cut the fucking cord. Comcast doesn't want to increase any rates in the Chicagoland area. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about 1.5 million viewers. It's 50% of the active Cubs TV audience is a Comcast subscriber in the Chicagoland market. Whoa. So they're missing out on $70 million there, and they're saying when they come back... They're going to have significantly less leverage, so you're looking at maybe fifty million. Bad time to launch a network. So that's a shame. I hope this is the last time where these are like we're. I hope we're limiting the amount of times we go deep on the business aspect of baseball because yeah. it has been exhausting. So Shortport said this too. I just want one final thought from you too. Do you think it'd be catastrophic if baseball does not play this year? Oh yeah, because I I've been saying this for years. They're I think they're looking at a put a very like there's a very good chance there's going to be a work stoppage a year from now, year and a half from now, anyways. I don't whoa, know if it's whoa. catastrophic, but I also don't have a pulse on the rest of the fans. Like, do are people so mad that like baseball you let us down? That's, would it be just, that's a point. Like, Carl and I would be there opening day no matter what. But just the generic fan, like they would, it would be catastrophic. See, I don't, I don't really, I don't believe that it would be horrible for the game. What? Yeah, of course. But it, this is not going to be like '94. 
they have it'll be worse with the amount of jobs loss in the but, states and they're arguing over but Mike Trout should make seven million dollars this year or whatever it is. But the the narrative is it's like then you can spin it like is it even worth it? I'll tell you I'll tell you exactly who would be completely turned off and it happened to him once already, William Williams. He hated baseball after the ninety four strike. I don't remember mm-hmm. the ninety four strike. Yeah. But he, he was completely and totally turned off from the game. Because he's a working class dude like blue sure. collar. When, how long did it take him to come back? Uh, probably ninety eight. I would say. Okay. Ironic that Doc's airing this summer too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Carl. Yeah, no, crazy. but like if if it's me and I'm more of the, like the people you talk about, I love going to Wrigley, it, but like you know, it, it's like an experience. You know, like it, I'm more of like the casual baseball fan. I watch every game, but I'm not living and dying and charting pitches like you guys are on your couches. I, I'm just watching the game. I'm more of the like if you're saying it's catastrophic, you're kind of talking about people like me. And I'm telling you, as me, my own opinion, if they decide to cancel the, the season because, hey, we can't figure out how our start time, formatting, payment, fuck it. Let's just let's just write off this year and come back in People April. People would I, understand if it was, like, pandemic-related, if right, it's financial-related it solely. But it is, Dave. It's like, not. It, it, it is. I think because, Dave's like, thinking the, about kids as well. Like, I mean, how many kids are going to have their Little League Baseball season canceled this summer? And just not go back. There like, you go. Yeah, and it's, okay, but that's point. different than MLB. That's a di- that's a different point. Those, that's those baseball are potential interest viewers in general, for the next 50, 60 I years. Think. Right. Okay. But you're saying, would it be catastrophic? For, would fans be angry? And I'm telling you, me myself, I think they have cover. I really do. I think if they're like, hey, like we can, if we do a spring training, we get this figured out, we can start. You know, like it's all like Carl said, it's already June. So and they don't have shit done. So to think that they're going to be able to start by July fourth seems aggressive to me. Now at this point, yes. I mean, okay. I said three right. weeks ago we we need to get this done in like a 10-day period. Right, which is why I commend the NHL for really working their balls yeah. off to come together with an agreement. Now, they still might not be able to play this 2014 format. That's still up in the air, but at least they have a structure in, in place to be able to do it. Baseball hasn't even taken that step. So if they take that step, let's say they get something done in the next week or 10 days, then it's like now you have to do the quarantine that's another two weeks. Then you have to do the small group workouts. Then you have to do the uh, the three week, two week, three week of spring training two point Now you're well beaten. You're well into. But July. you're getting away from the point. If there's this, if they don't play baseball this year, no, you're will- not even letting me arrive at the point. So now you get so far into the calendar where it's like like your options is a thirty game season, and it's like now it's like is that even really worth it? I don't I don't think so. It would be cool, but it's probably not worth it. So you might as well just say, hey, like Corona, like we just couldn't get out of our own way on this thing. We, you know, whatever season, we just but can't it, have it. But you're you're talking about all the things that don't really matter. They do like matter. fans would understand that if they can't come to agreement because of quarantine and hotels and logistics, that would be and, and it gets to a point where they can only have a 30 game uh, season in like a shortened playoff format. Mm-hmm. Fans would un- understand that. But. All you hear about is the money. That's all you hear about. You don't hear about the testing. You don't hear about the quarantine. You don't hear about the logistics. That stuff can be worked out. And like I follow all the models that everybody else does. We have a ton of testing available right now. Anybody who wants a test can get a test. Mm-hmm. Anybody that should have a test should have like they can get a test. That, it's the- readily available. It's to the point where it's no longer a worry for Major League Baseball mm-hmm. that they're going to have to test players every day or every two days or if it's someone another, gets it's sick. It's another overhead expense, though. It's For uh, hockey, they're projecting over a right, million dollars to me. If The reason is because owners and players are fighting over money and they don't have a season, that will be catastrophic to the sport. That's all it boils down to. I'm, and I, I understand boil- your point. I don't agree with it. 
Because it's it, not just it's not ninety four where it's just about money. It's it about, is about money. It's though. about money inside. Oh, has of this the beach ball drifted? Uh, this is drift, insane. I, I, okay, it's about money inside the Corona thing. So but it's, it's different. But people are all. The, all they're going to hear about is millionaires and billionaires arguing with each other. They're not going to hear about all the other shit, and they're not. And you're not hearing about all the other shit. Like, and, and specifically, you're probably correct that there's a lot more that goes into it. Mm-hmm. But the the you know the casual fan, like my dad, for instance, he's he's not going to think that way. He's and my dad's not a casual fan. He's a diehard fan, mm-hmm. but of yeah. the of the baseball in its truest form, but. At the major league level, if it's if he's gonna say fuck these guys, fuck these assholes, I'm out. And Sounds like we need to get him on the podcast like so have him explain. Absolutely, yeah, William around. Williams. Um, is Rick Hahn the best pandemic general manager in baseball? All these contracts are low for all these players, so it seems like the White Sox are in a pretty good. Ed talks about 35 million, only get seven million. Well, guess what? On the White Sox, everybody's league minimum, or Rick Hahn assigned you to an extension. One of these players, for example, is Tim Anderson. Yes, sir. Who was in the news this week for reasons that have nothing to do with this boring bulls? Good. News. Why, Dave? Him and Brad Keller, Brad Keller, I'm sorry, are uh, back chirping each other on Twitter about that beanball home run pimp last year in April, over a year ago. And uh, I've said this for a long time. Like, I hate the Cubs. I fucking despise the Cubs. I don't really hate, and it's, it's cyclical. Like, during the Mauer, more no, Mauer and more no years, I hated the Twins. Mm-hmm. I hated the Tigers when they went to that one World Series. You don't have a, a, a Red Sox, it's, Yankees, Cubs card. Exactly. Yeah. And I want that. Obviously, the Royals stink, and they're going to stink for the foreseeable future. But if there's like some blood feud between two teams in the AL, well, the White Sox and another AL Central team, mm-hmm. feed that to me. Feed it to me, and it could be the Twins. But right now, it seems like it's the Royals because Brad Keller and Tim Anderson fucking hate each yeah, other. Yeah, maybe the Royals aren't particularly aware that they're not good anymore. Like maybe the Royals still think that they're like they see the World Series 2015 banner and they're like, yeah, we're the World Series champs from just a couple of years ago. But like actually. Actually, you guys suck. Actually, you have to deal with Yohan Mankata for how much longer now, Dave? Seven more years, potentially eight. Why? Could be longer. Well, it could be longer, but they just signed him to the extension prior to, what was it, in February or whatever it was. Do you have a message for him right now? Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday to Yohan Mankata. How old do you guys think he is? I mean, I'm... You posed this question. Twenty one. I, I remember, like when he signed, he, like that picture of him where he was. I think he was like nineteen, and he was like yoked, and he was wearing like wearing the Under Armour. It's like, who the fuck is this kid coming He's out? Of, God, coming out of yeah. Cuba, and he was nineteen then. I want to say that that was three, four. I would say like twenty two, twenty three. Carl. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a feeling he's either twenty four or twenty five. But he's twenty five. I didn't get to add, but he's twenty five years old. Uh, don't give me the Cuba. He's could be lying about his age. Shit, <laughs> Cuba. Why actually, you don't like that? Uh, for Cuba, it's it's like a misconception. They keep extraordinary <laughs> medical records. They do. No, I'm, I'm just fine. It's I just nationalized. Love, I just like how you, you should know. be all about that. <laughs> no, I just like how you know Jeez. that. <laughs> um, like Dave, White Sox Dave's well versed on Cuban records. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true thing. No, I know. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, but well, I mean, like Puerto Rico, Dominican, like. Casey Crosby, you know him. His brother got drafted out of high school, out of the Wheat Normal South High School by the Yankees. And he's like, yeah, I couldn't compete with the kids that said they were, you know, 16, 17 years old that were actually 20 when I got drafted mm. out of the, out of Latin America. Yeah. So. Could be a big investigation. Um, could be. All right. We, we have, I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting around all day during the podcast just waiting to get to this interview because we finally had Anthony Rizzo on. We're going to get to the Anthony Rizzo interview. It's great. We go behind the scenes and stuff like what it's like being the Cubs captain away from quarantine. But before we do, 
you might want to prepare yourself, maybe get a snack, maybe get a beverage. Chief, where can people go? You can go to GoPuff. You can send your boy Anthony Rizzo a little something. So, you know, while many of us are still at home, GoPuff is delivering everything you need in just minutes from cleaning supplies to groceries, food and drinks, electronics for your home and office, snacks for movie night, alcohol. Uh, in some markets, Chicago is one of those markets. I've taken advantage of that. GoPuff uh, delivers from their local facilities across the country straight to your door. And for only one ninety five in cash on this exclusive off- offer for our listeners to get a free frozen pizza from GoPuff. So I actually use GoPuff all the time. So it's like a, it's a good ad for me. You, you batteries run out, GoPuff. You need a little extra something, a little, a little alcohol to get the party going, GoPuff. Need cups for that alcohol, GoPuff. GoPuff has like everything you need. It's all the shit that I forget at the grocery store. I just order from GrowPuff. It's great. So now you have an opportunity to use that again with this promo code from Barstool. Don't forget about your frozen pizza. You want to head to www.gopuff.com backslash Barstool to download GoPuff and redeem your offer. GoPuff, order in seconds, deliver it in minutes. Carl, what's it like when you're sitting there? You're like, man, I wish I had some snacks right now, but yeah, I they... don't want to. The elevator's broken. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to go down. I gotta. Yeah, the nice thing about GoPuff is obviously snacks, deep roster snacks, by the way, and it's all fucking segmented out for searching purposes. Mm -hmm. So like, don't feel overwhelmed. They really take you down their virtual aisles quite uh, eloquently. The other thing, a lot of e-cig products. You want to replace your jewel. You want to replace a lighter. You want to get some rolling papers or maybe like a. a, a canister, a container for your marijuana. Like they do have a smoke shop, an online smoke shop that, that they deliver out of. Chief had already mentioned the mm-hmm. booze. So just basically think of like a badass convenience store accessible at your fingertips. Um, it's a great product. For sure. Oh, last thing they Love have it. the Domino's fucking order updater. You know how you order pe- pizza from Domino's and they're like, oh, oh your orders? They, they do. do that too. So like the other day I was, I just ordered some Tums because I had heartburn and they gave me like the ordery delivery tracker. I got to follow along like I was fucking ordering a big pie. Frank is in the Tums section. Yes. Frank has grabbed the Tums. Frank is in his car. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is now staying outside your door. <laughs> I love that. So without further ado, let's get to Anthony Rizzo. Whoosh. All right, we're in the interview portion of today's show. We're joined by Cubs captain Anthony Rizzo. Anthony, what's going on, man? Oh, I'm doing well, Carl. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's good to hear your voice. Not to be a weirdo, but I miss you. Usually this part of the year, I get a lot of you in my life. I don't have any of you. <laughs> I know. It's very strange, right? But, man, this is this is so bizarre. But we'll, we'll be back. It'll be back to normal soon, hopefully. Yeah, so catch us up. What have you been up to? How's the charity Nothing, just down in Florida, home, really just hanging out with Emily and Kevin every day, working out, and uh, charity part, we've been delivering a lot of meals to hospitals, uh, nursing homes, we've donated over 4,000 meals, 25 different hospitals, so it's been it's been amazing doing all that. Uh, it's been amazing seeing a lot of the country come together. Uh, and unite during this terrible time. Why don't you pump the uh, charity a little bit? What you guys are doing? Tell people how they can chip in and donate. Yeah, so we actually just started getting some masks. We just purchased twenty five thousand masks plus, um, just to help out with frontline workers, deliver to people who are going out that need masks. Um, as long as the meals, the the hot meals, will be at five thousand at the end of this week. Uh, five different states. So it's been amazing. Everyone donating, people helping, Dante, you helping, friends, people helping people right now. 
Um, if you want to donate, you can text HOPE44 to 52000. HOPE44 to 52000. And then you can donate at Rizzo44.com slash donate. We try to keep our social media up to date with everything we're doing just so people can see where the money's been going. But it's been a lot of, a lot of good coming out of this bath. 100%, man. And and I know you mentioned a name there I want to introduce to the whole audience. You said Kevin. That's your little wiener dog. Can you can you give us a little blip about Kevin? How's he doing? How's his personality coming along? It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Um, we had a little accident. He was playing with a German Shepherd. They were both playing. They got the zoomies. Kind of got his back right uh, leg. He was walking with a limp for a couple of days, but he's back to full recovery and doing Kevin things. Now, is it dog dad and having a history of, like, playing on a bad leg, bad ankle, and, like, tough circumstances? Like, what's that conversation like with Kevin in the clubhouse, like, when he's limping around? Oh, no, dude. I thought, I'm, I'm thinking the worst. I've never had a dog. I was first-time parent over here, so I'm thinking he's paralyzed. Dogs have bad backs already. I'm thinking the worst, but he toughed it out. Um, he was on the DL for the IL for – I'd say about five days, not putting any pressure on it, being very dramatic. But now he's back, and actually, we start calling the sheriff because you got to inspect everything before you do it. Love that. Um, this is kind of a sensitive topic in Chicago. I don't know what the case is with you. Do you have Marquee Network? I don't think so, right? Because I have Xfinity. <laughs> if you did, you'd be missing. You'd be missing some good recaps from the 2016 season. You don't have to give me a long-winded one on this, but other than the World Series, do you have a favorite game from the postseason then? Uh, I'd probably have to say Stacey Kershaw clinching to go to the World Series, celebrating on our home field. I mean, we we jumped them early, and it was just the place was rocking. Is it hard to come back to Wrigley on like a Tuesday afternoon when it's not like that, though? uh, I think – the adrenaline that you get and what was at stake and all that, I don't think you could ever match that that feeling. But as far as matching the intensity, you can. Um, but I mean, on a random Tuesday at Wrigley, you got 30, you got thirty plus thousand, you know, going crazy that have been waiting to go to that game all summer. So, I mean, it, is it the exact? I mean, playoff intensity to go to the World Series? No, but it's 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 always high there, so, which is a good thing. You're very Italian. Have you been watching Goodfellas? Or are you more TV, like you play Sopranos? Like, are you more of like a TV series guy? We're on season three, I think, episode two or three of Sopranos. Knocked out the first two. Um, ordered my ordered my robe like Tony. Uh, got my pajamas like Tony. I, I walk, been walking around the house pretending I'm Tony Soprano. Pure comedy. Best, best TV series. Did you get the matching flip-flops like the slippers? Yeah, I like, I like slippers. Do you go and get the newspaper? Uh, <laughs> there's Kevin playing with his toy. Um, no, I, I used to, uh, years ago at my other house, I had a longer driveway, so I would walk down the driveway, pretend I was getting the newspaper, but I didn't get newspaper delivered. I don't really know who does anymore. Now I just kind of walk around the house, sip on some coffee, feel like I'm important. Hey, Anthony, Eddie here. That kind of reminds me of that question, and this might be weird, but I remember watching when we clinched in 2015 to go to the playoffs. I remember seeing your dad celebrate not in the field, and I fell in love with him. Is there any way we can arrange? Can I eat meatballs with him at a homestand? Like, when's he going to be in town? I just love your father, and I just want to eat pasta with him. <laughs> well, you're, I mean, you love to eat. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure whenever you see him again, ask him to empty his pockets. He definitely has food in his pockets. 
Dante knows all about this. Uh, just yeah, we can arrange that. We can we can arrange. We'll go to like Valare or La Scarola or a good Italian spot and just do it up. I think that's a great idea. I think John and Ed would definitely hit it off. Oh. Hey, uh, Anthony. The rumor has it Dante made you uh, voyage down to the south side in within the last few years, and he said that you ate two Rico Benny sandwiches before he even got one half of one down. Can you confirm or deny that? Oh, one thousand percent confirm. That is top two sandwiches I've ever had in my life. Ooh, and I don't know so. if I can name another one. That's better. Now, question I, uh, to tally off of that: you like Italian sub sandwiches, obviously, right? Love them. I feel like I see your picture up in like all the good ones in Chicago. Do you have a favorite one? They're all claiming you. Like I, I mean, we're JP Graziano's guys. I don't know if you've had them yet, but that's number one. We got to get you in there. Your picture on the wall. If you're not on there yet, no, I haven't. I haven't. I got to get there. Uh, my number one in Chicago is Bari. Uh, I had a good good run there. I would go every Monday or Tuesday during the season and get a Bari sub. Depending if I got a couple hits on Monday, I go back Tuesday. If not, I didn't go back Tuesday. So. I do have a list here, just like a couple of baseball questions. Uh, I wouldn't consider these rapid fire. These are like short answer on like a high school test. So like, you know, take them for a test drive here if you, <laughs> if you suppose. But what metal bat did you use as, a, as like a 12-year-old? I, I was like one of the original Connect uh, bats, you know, like mm-hmm. the two. Yeah, I, I used to use that a lot. And then there's this like green, I think it was an Easton Synergy, maybe it was called. I could have been a hockey stick too, mm-hmm. but I mean now I still have a couple metal bats. Marucci is like top of the line now. I know that's what everyone's using. Could you speculate if you played a full major league season, like what you what you would hit with a metal bat? You think? Oh my god! I, honestly, I think the metal bats now are so dead compared to what they used to be. So I don't know, man. Imagine, imagine. Major League Baseball, grown men using metal bats for a full season. That would be insane. Could be dangerous. I know some guys prefer wood. Speaking of wood, for your wedding, I gave you some wooden spatulas. Have you used them? (laughs) Yeah, you know it. That was a great gift. We still have them. That was pretty fucked up, huh? (laughs) The wooden spatula? No, it's the thought that counts. I went to the gift registry. I saw all the nice stuff had been purchased, so I was like, well... I know on Saturday morning when you're making scrambled eggs, like you'll be in your Anthony Soprano robe thinking of me. Waffles. <laughs> Anthony's, I, yeah. a, Anthony's a big waffle maker. Oh, big waffle guy. I haven't made them in a while, but when the waffle machine comes out, me and me and my boy Billy up there in Chicago know how to make some waffles. That's that's for sure. Would you make waffles for Chris? Do you guys FaceTime each other in this quarantine, or is that just more of like a marketing thing, like the Brizzo thing? You guys aren't really friends. <laughs> No, I talked to Chris. Uh, I've actually let him be since he had his baby. I just texted him a little bit, but he'll be going to call for me pretty soon because I want to ask him how dad, how dad life is. Compare dad life like a real child to a dog. See the, see the differences, you know? Yeah, equal, equally emotionally challenging, I'm sure. And the nice thing, too, people don't say this. Like, when your friends have kids, like, it's also nice because then, like, you get to cut them off as a friend. Like, as you get older, you just want to cut more people off. So... Uh, what about what about like Theo? Do you have you zoomed him or anything? Facetimed him? Uh, no, we haven't heard. Really, the only person we've heard from is Rossi and our medical staff. They uh, kind of just keep us up to date on whatever yeah. is going on. But so does the internet. So yeah. But we uh, we do some Zoom meetings with all the hitters 
just to check in, say hello to everyone. Um, but that's about it. We all miss each other, which is and we're all used to being together all the time. So it's the off season. We have spring training, and then now we're basically back in off season mode. It's strange. It's nice. It sounds like you guys are using Zoom just like everybody else across America, just bullshitting and passing the time. I got to ask you to bring up David Ross's name. Where did he sit on the team bus, like when he was a player, and where's he sitting now as a coach? <laughs> as a player, he was in the back. As a manager, he's. He, I remember him saying it. He sits on the front now, but with the staff bus and the players bus. So on the staff bus, he's in the front. On the players bus, it's just it's all of us spread out. Is John Lester compromised now that David Ross is a manager? Can you trust John? I think I can always trust John. Oh, it's I think the best part is, is you know, John and Ross, just to see their interaction over over a season is going to be fun to see how they the cat and mouse game and the bickering goes between them because because they're such good friends. Now, what about you show up to practice, you know, BP five minutes late, and and Coach Ross tells you to hit the track, start running poles. What's your reaction going to be? You're like, hey, asshole, like I played with you for a few years. Well, one year at the end of your career. How's that dynamic going to be? It's uh, easy because, as a, I mean, as a professional, to show up late uh, is just unacceptable. And if I was to do it when he was a player, he probably would have told me to get the – you know what out of there and just go away. Uh, could you play another professional sport and what position would you play in a hypothetical new profession? <laughs> I think if I had a little bit more speed as in like a lot, I think I'd be able to hold my own in football. Linebacker? Little, little. no, I would have to go tight end where I'm not blocking a lot. I can straight block, run a route, fall down so I don't get hit hard. If it's a corner or a safety, Depending on the safety, I, I maybe man up. But if I'm going over the middle, I'm going to catch and just fall. Get get the first down, move the chance. <laughs> Anthony, that reminds me, we did a snake draft the other day on another podcast about destinations we would like to travel domestically. I took your spot, Fort Lauderdale, in the third round, and this guy, White Sox Dave, shit all over me. Like he was just, can you defend your hometown and tell him that Fort Lauderdale is a fun place? Top three, though? Yeah, exactly. That's well, what I said. It was in the third round. I got I got San Diego, then I got New Orleans, then it snaked back to me, and I got Fort Lauderdale. I think okay. is uh, all right. Yeah, I think it was pick number ten. I think that's a good top ten destination <laughs> in the U.S. I think that's a solid. I mean, I think down here you got the beaches, you got a good bar scene, weather. Uh, depending on when you come, you don't want to come in the dead of summer. They wouldn't let me pick the entire state of Arizona. Yeah. Is that against the rules or no? The entire state. I mean, yeah, that has to be against the rules because if you're going to Tucson, you're insane. If you're going to Scottsdale, you genius. Uh, and then you got Northern Arizona, Flagstaff, and all that area. So now, the whole state is that's it's like saying the whole state of Florida. You come into Northern Florida, you come into South Florida, totally different. Thank you, Anthony. You see what we deal with here in White Sox State now. So we appreciate it. <laughs> Another question just to follow up off of that, Anthony, you're very Italian. You can only have one for the rest of your life sausage or peppers sausage okay yeah but if we are talking peppers do you like them sweet do you like them hot i like sweet peppers yeah you do are you wearing long sleeves right now no 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 never Uh, until (laughs) until until the game which is weird but i sometimes i work out like a sweatshirt but yeah no i'm short sleeves what would be weirder hypothetically a baseball player who shaved his arms every day in vain for his forearms to look bigger, or a baseball player who wore sleeves every day to avoid a farmer's tan, if you had to rank those two. 
I think the guy who's going to spend time shaving their their arms every day to look massive. I mean, if you want to look big, just do forearms every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people genetically just can't get big. Some people are naturally. Uh, I think the guy who wears sleeves to avoid the tan lines, uh, smart, preventing uh, sun damage. For <laughs> uh, so someone who sweats a lot, absorbs the sweat. So it's a couple of variables, I think, for the guy who does wear sleeves every single day. Are you endorsed by Nike for their heat performance gear? Because when you think of like athletes that really put it to the test, you're at the top of the list. Like when it's a hundred fucking degrees out there, you've got the sleeves on. What have those discussions with Nike been like to be like the next face of their heat performance gear? <laughs> they haven't been there, but you're right. I could, I mean, rain, shine, cold. I mean, usually in the cold too. I'm wearing those same sleeves that I wear during the summer. Sometimes I'll layer up a little bit, put a little something thicker on, but the the, the go-to to work. We talk forearms. Are there a pair of forearms in Major League Baseball that don't get enough credit? I find forearms to be particularly fascinating. Like, who has the biggest ones where you're like, oh, fuck, look at that guy? You know who who first comes to my mind is Matt Holliday. I mean, those things were just glossing all the time. That, that's the first person that comes to my mind. Yeah, it is an intimidation factor. I don't think a lot of people outside of baseball realize more or less day games. More. But you, you know what? Speaking of the sleeves, I did. I think it was the Pirates last year. Because throughout the year, I'll lose my mind and my my marbles and try to switch it up. And I'll go completely, you know, no undershirt. You guys can picture the rest. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I think we're playing the Pirates. We were in a skid. And the first base coach for the Pirates was like, man, we all thought you were tatted up. Like, we thought you always just covered your tattoo. Thinking, like, there's like a little mystery of what's underneath the long sleeve. I remember that game. People were, like, so confused. <laughs> what do you talk to all these guys about? And who's the coolest first base coach? Because you're always chopping it up with them. Oh, I, I mean, it just depends on the day. It depends. Asking where they go to dinner in Chicago. Asking where to go to dinner in their cities. Um, who do I enjoy talking to most? It was Oliver Marmel with the Cardinals. Now he's the bench coach there. Uh, but Stubby Clapp is good with the Cardinals. I like talking to him. Usually those games are intense and fun, so we'll kind of make light of the situation. And uh, I don't know. Let's let's keep talking. I'll keep thinking of that one. You brought up raw dog in it. We do have a lot of women that listen to the audience. What do you sleep in? What do I sleep in? Yeah. Uh, usually just like a pair of basketball shorts. But you pop the top, right? No shirt, yeah. And no. I'm not I'm not a sheet guy either. I cannot stand sheets. It's comforter and that's it. Wait, so yeah. like nothing between the comforter and the mattress? No, no, no. There's sheets, but you know oh. how there's sheets and then there's another sheet that you're supposed to lay under, and then you put the comforter on top of that. I don't have that sheet either. I agree with that <laughs> the one. Worst. I thought you were going straight on blue mattress. Yeah. I, there's, <laughs> I, was, I was concerned here. <laughs> What's that conversation with your old lady look like, though, when she's trying to put 14 pillows on the bed, and you're like, babe, just comforters only here? Oh, my. Four, I, did we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I think nine pillows on our bed. <laughs> yeah. And a throw blanket, too. That's just there for show. Anthony, I was there the last time you took the mound for the Cubs. You threw an inning. Are we going to get you back on the mound at any time this year? This year might be tough with expanded rosters and all that, but 
I mean, I tell our guys all the time that I was ready and I had my time and now I have a zero ERA. And so I, it's like, do I want to rest on that and retire with a zero ERA? Do I want to keep going out and proving myself that I could do it? So I go back and forth all the time. If, if they need me, I'm, I'm there. I, I could, I, mean, I can get guys out. If like you were just kind of lobbing the ball out there, what could you sling it up to if you were like, you know, you know, letting it loose a little bit? I think, I think normally I can get like 85 to 87. If I really was like trying to, you know, pitch, I think I could ramp my arm up to like 90, maybe, maybe. So that's about it. But, you know, it's like, uh, I think the new like gangsters in the league are like the guys that throw like 85 to 86. And just carve. Those are the guys now that you just don't see anymore. All you're seeing is 97. Uh, so when you get the guy that's throwing slow, you like try to hit it farther and harder, and you end up rolling over three times. Who's the toughest guy you've ever had to stand in against? Uh, I think Sale made you look pretty bad. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to be the one to say it. <laughs> well, I mean, he yes, Sale is like, especially when he was with the Whites. I didn't, I haven't faced him with the Red Sox, but. Him, it can go like three pitches, and you're just like scratching your head, and you look like the biggest idiot. I do have some hits off of him. I don't think they're anything special, but I, I'm pretty sure I have three or four hits off him. That could be a stretch. Um, Marco Estrada, when he was with the Brewers, I mean, I think I'm like one for thirty off in career. Just can could not hit him. Why? What was it? I don't know. He threw. A fastball and a changeup, and you knew what was coming pretty much every time and just couldn't sniff him. I think I have one hit off him, and I ended up switching my bat to, like, I think Soriano's bat one time and ended up getting a hit. So When you face a nasty pitcher, does it make you want to crowd the plate more, or does it kind of like you ever get in there and you're like, this is really close? No, when you're facing, like, the – the dudes, the Strasburgs and Scherzers and Kershaw and all them, it's, it's, it's kind of more of like that competition fun because you're just like, all right, let's go. Like, and, and if you get out, you can't be that pissed because they're the best in the world at that. But then again, I'm the best in the world at hitting. So that competition is just like elevates it a little bit. I want to give you an over under of, I'll put it at, I'll, I'll let you agree to it too. Uh, a homer and a half in whenever the first, uh, series is whenever that is this summer. If you hit two home runs or more, I'll send two Rico Benny's steak sandwiches to you via Dante. If you don't hit two or more, then I get to pick up your pick your walkout music for a homestand. Actually, I'll set it at a half. How's that? Say, a half a home run. Hey, say no. <laughs> we don't want this guy stink anywhere near you, the clubhouse. No offense, Dave. I just we don't want that. Say no, Anthony. I I think he can speak for himself. <laughs> a half a home run. I, I think that's a fair offer, but I'm gonna have to go with. I'm not allowed to make any wagering bets in baseball. So that was I'm a trick question. Decline. That was a that was a trick question. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, speaking of this, how how are you? You got to be kind of ticked off that a lot of hype with the White Sox and no season. Yeah, it's awful, man. I was really looking forward to both Chicago teams being competitive at the same time again. I mean, you weren't here back in 2008. That was the last time they've both been competitive in the same year. So Was that the brawl in 08? No, that was 2006, was it? Five or six? That was So that was before your time, but my pipe dream is to have a, a Red Line World Series one day. So oh, Chicago Fire that. Round be, 2, right? That'd be absolutely insane. 
How's everything else going, Anthony? Do you miss us as much as we miss you? Uh, I do. I do miss you guys. It's, it's, I miss Chicago. I was talking to Emily. I'm like, we don't get to Chicago this season, quote-unquote. We're going to spend some time there in the winter and just get our Chicago blood in us and our Chicago food because we're missing it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we look forward to seeing you. Thanks again for jumping on, and, and thanks for everything you're doing with your charity. We look forward to talking again soon. All right, guys. Take care. Be safe. Thanks, Anthony. So that's Anthony Rizzo, Chicago Cubs captain. He's probably, he's probably my favorite player. I shouldn't say probably. He is my favorite player. He's my favorite active Chicago Cubs. He is your guy. Which I don't have a problem. I'm 33. I don't have a problem saying someone's my favorite mm-hmm. player. Like, I do just love the way he fucking plays the game. Yeah. Who was your guy growing up? You know, I, I go around a lot, but if I had to say, like, one Chicago Cubs player... It was probably Moises Alou for a big chunk. Oh, fuck yeah. Really? Yeah. That's a weird one. That, because, I, it's not what I would have guessed. Yeah. Because at that, that time, he was like the most, in my opinion, professional mm-hmm. and then um, like important cog in that lineup. Mm-hmm. And then as it transitioned into high school and into college, as it became a younger or like a younger man, um, Aramis Ramirez. Yeah. Moises that was a little peen on his hands, though. That's not Ed, I think I know who no, I, I could care less, Chief. You <laughs> hockey guys are so weird. You don't even wear fucking socks. Uh, like, do you have that a favorite bear growing up, Ed? It was just round table. Dave said he could guess it. It was Gary Gaetti, the rat. Gary Gaetti? No, it was not Gary Gaetti. You loved Gary Gaetti. I know you told no, me this. Before. I could have. Roberto I, Garza. I'm telling you this. I could have smelled Mark Gray's coffee, Carl. I'm shocked it wasn't him. Yeah. But regardless. Mm-hmm. I liked Roberto Garza. It wasn't him. It was, it's tough. Bears, because so many people, and, and I know Cubs is tough Urlacher. too. Yeah, if you like, Erlacher is like it's the easy. obvious answer. He's yeah. a generational player. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be, it's got to be Kruitz or Mike Brown. I'm going to go okay. with Olin, obviously. I was a big guy, played center. Um, you know, that yeah. was, that was my play. I, uh, I, I hate when people are like, oh, your favorite player is the best player. Fuck you, dude. Like, like, yeah, he's awesome. I'm not going to like Damn. deviate. Like the guy is incredible. Erlacher was hope, dude. We yeah. all wanted barbed wire tattoos. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. I don't know if I'd go that far. You, I and could, he I cut it off on, a... on the tricep and he said it hurt too much when we interviewed him like a year ago. <laughs> I've never heard that story. <laughs> he did. Um, he did. Dave? I, and I'll say this, Ed. You said Mike Brown. I still think he was the best player on that defense. He was awesome. He, I thought he was. For those two years. For, he was. But he just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. He, stay healthy. he was incredible. Great. Um. I mean, mine, mine is easy. Growing up, it was Frank Thomas. I mean, that was, I mean, he was every White Sox fan's favorite player. Uh, current one, it's, it's Yoan. Yeah. He's, I mean, he just reeks superstar. I think he's going to be a top, you know, five, eight player, eight, top five or eight player in all of baseball for a handful of years. Uh, maybe Robert can get there, but I think Yoan is like, that's, I think he's got the highest. Let me clarify that, like, Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor want to. Yeah. Like, I don't... Those guys are one... Like, player-wise, position player-wise. But it's Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor, like, one and two. Mm -hmm. And then Alou, Ramirez, like, way, way, way behind that. So I was answering this from a position player standpoint. Yeah, and and, because if pitchers were involved, I would guess that Kyle Hendricks would be in that discussion, too. Current now is my favorite. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Kyle Hendricks is my favorite pitcher. When he retires, he'll probably be my favorite pitcher ever. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. But as far as like player, you show up every day. I always just feel like they're playing two different sports almost. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. This is getting long winded. Yeah. Kyle Hendricks, he's an artist. Uh, Kerry Wood still, he's probably the most entertaining pitcher I've ever watched. His stuff was some of the best stuff I've ever seen in my freak. life. Which goes back to my favorite quote from the Anthony Rizzo interview: "The biggest gangsters in the league today are the guys that throw eighty five, eighty six, and carve." Yeah, like that was sweet because he's saying like everybody throws fucking ninety nine. Mm-hmm. He's right. Like Kyle everybody Hendricks, balls that. dragging on the ground, like he is. Like come hit it. Where does Kevin White rank? <laughs> 
Poor guy. He did a uh, interview with NBC Sports Chicago and just kind of said, you know, it kind of doesn't define me being a bust, whatever. He's five years out of the league. Mm. Number seven overall it's pick. Five years already? Yeah, five years he's out of the league. Now, well, he hasn't been out for five years, but since he, he played he a was, game. He, was, he obviously was at the Bears for four years with his rookie contract. Got cut by the Cardinals before the season started. So his career is essentially over. Interesting stat here from the interview. Of the 500 top 10 picks from 1970 to 2019, only seven had played fewer games than Kevin's what? Kevin White's 14. No. Four of those seven players were drafted in 2019. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, so he, like, arguably the worst career of any top 10 pick. But it, 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 it's the argument is he a bust or was he just incredible bad injury luck, you know? I think, Incredibly bad injury luck. I mean, they were hand in, they go hand in hand. So, think no, so? Yeah. I don't know. Would you rather see? I think this is an important distinction. What What's worse? Is it worse if he played 16 games every year and just and tallied stunk. like 25 catches, had like two touchdowns, just wasted so many routes? Every mm-hmm. fucking week it came out, you're like, are you ever going to see that guy get open on his own? You'd probably yeah. hate him more. Like, I don't have any, like, ill will towards Kevin White. It's just like, he just didn't work out. But Like, I can't help but think, when even when Ed says he gets cut by the Cardinals and his career is, like, over, all but over, I'm still sitting here being like, well... Because uh, what? what? How old do you think mean? he is? 27? He's 27 years old right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Bucks have size on the Jesus. outside. This ain't old. One yeah. career touchdown in a preseason game that us four were at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> against the Chiefs. So remember maybe when? Maybe it is the fact that us four need to go to more fucking games. Yeah. He's still the ball. Yeah. Do you remember when he had, Super it was a Bowl. Hail Mary. He caught it like the three-yard line. I think it was against the Patriots, actually. Yeah. And, and tackled if, at the one, right? If he would have if he would have got in, they would have won the game. Yes. Yeah. And he got tackled yep. at the one. We were all like, oh, it's Kevin White. It's Kevin White. Yeah. Yes. That yep. could have been the Kevin White moment. Yep. Made, made sixteen million dollars. I was going to say made sixteen million dollars. So, so it, it, that is one of the greatest questions in sports, and I don't know if I'll ever be able to answer it for as long as I live. If a guy flames out because of injuries, is he a bust? I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. It's one of those. It's like a Carl can give us a sniff. It's like a it's like a sniff test, and it's like like in your heart of hearts, like is Kevin White a bust? And it's like, yeah, I think to me, like I hear that name, like yeah, that was a, that was a bust. But that's on like it's as much of a bust on Ryan Pace as it is on. On him. See, I disagree with that. Like, I don't think you can blame Ryan Pace for that one. Was he ever injured at West Virginia? Was he ever injured in high school? Do you have a history of injury? He has injuries? two. He has two seasons at CollegeFootballReference.com. Mm-hmm. His junior and senior year at West Virginia played ten games and thirteen games. Had one hundred nine receptions. His his senior year, mm-hmm. and that that year, he I remember real. He had that game at the beginning of the year against, against Bama. Al- yeah, yep. that he was against Bama, and he he lit it up. And he had who uh, Clint Trickett was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like he looked like a, a like a legit, like good prospect. And it just, I don't know. Why couldn't I'll, the Raiders have taken him instead of Amari Cooper? Would have been nice. Would have been nice. Would have been Sucks. nice. Mm-hmm. All the what ifs. Current favorite player though. Sorry, I didn't say. I, that's kind of hard to say for the Bears. Do you guys have one? Current favorite player. I think Alan Robinson's Bears. an easy it's, answer. Eddie Jackson's a popular yes. answer. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think Eddie Jackson would be my guy. You know who's mine? Very underrated. That I think I might block in my final answer. Danny Trevathan. I was just yep. very underrated. New contract. Player. Yeah. Very yeah, underrated. Player. Well, I think Khalil Mack probably gets a lot of the general like. Yeah, Khalil Mack's my favorite. Mm-hmm. No Halloween candy though. I like Fuller too. I like the way that he played. You know, like, ah. I know Dave hates him, but Dave hated Eddie Jackson too. I so. didn't hate him. He, I, I, I yeah. graded his performance. How do you guys, I saw do you guys it have a favorite in, Hawk? 
Or are you guys just not? Jalmerson. Yeah. I mean, Amante and Daze growing up were That's the guys. That's what I mean, like growing like, up. Those were yeah. the guys. Like, yeah. if it's anyone other, I mean, obviously, if you're mm-hmm. old enough to remember JR. Well, that was, that was like, when I was real little, it was JR. And, and Eddie Belfour. Yeah, I didn't, I never had, like, a thing for the goalies. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, it was JR, it was, you know, Ronick. And then uh, when I got a little bit older, like, I was, like, early high school, I was really small. Steve Sullivan, who was like five six, five seven, mm-hmm. was a gangster. Like they had that one year they made the playoffs. I want to say it was two thousand two. Sullivan was unbelievable, and that that I don't know those those are my guys. And now it's just like how do you pick between the big three? So yeah. I mean, mine mine's easy. I'm going to go with uh, Roger Johansson. Growing up was my favorite Hawks player. Nice. Oh, yeah. Dave, do you have a favorite mortgage professor? Oh yeah, I mean that's that one's why that's you, as easy as Frank Thomas. Why don't we spend a little time talking about White Sox Dave's four favorite mortgage professor? I think it's David Hochberg from Homeside Financial. That is true. Uh, I don't know how you guessed that. Uh, he is my. He's also my my financial consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of <laughs> ipso facto financial consultant. Uh, he is my go-to guy, and he needs to be your go-to guy as well. I mean, we got a lot of like 30-ish year olds reading this, looking to buy homes. It is a good time to buy a home now. Uh, so what we want you to do is we want you to email all your housing, mortgage, and credit questions, anything about like financial literacy, because I know we don't get taught that like we should in the American education system, which is a different argument. But uh, David Hochberg mm-hmm. is the guy that can answer all these very simply, and he'll do so. Um, all you got to do is shoot him an email at David at 56david.com or go to their website 56david.com and if you shoot him an email you can and he reads it on his Saturday morning show at 10 a.m. on WGN uh, you'll get a, he'll give you a $50 mm-hmm. gift card, uh, like one of those little debit card gift cards, or he'll, you know, throw you a, a catering tray from JP Graziano. So he'll hook you up. Yeah. He wants to teach people about money, specifically about the home buying, uh, process. And he's going to help me out, like I said, within the next year to 18 months. That's my goal is to buy a place. So, uh, he created a game plan for me. He can create a game plan for you. And, um, Five six David dot com. Five six David dot com. Yeah. Uh fifty six the number fifty six David dot com. What's the number? What's the phone number? The number is eight five five dash five six David. So I don't know what David is in numbers. It's not on our ad read sheet, unfortunately, but eight five five fifty six David is the phone number where you can call him. Uh, he opened my eyes really. He really did open my eyes with like everything about money, just a ten minute phone call. It's like an intimidating process it's, right so and, and like you i said, avoided it my whole life because right. it is intimidating it's intimidating and, and there's no such thing as a stupid question there's no such no, like there's there's no better time to start like getting the ball rolling right. on this it's something that everybody like should have this goal to own their own home and hawkbird is the guy who can like explain it to you like you're five and not make you feel like a moron exactly so, like, and that's exactly mm-hmm. why i have avoided like these questions that I asked David when I'm when I'm on a phone call or text message mm-hmm. whatever with them is because I was like embarrassed that I don't know like what's a good question what's a bad question right. so he will he'll spell it up spell it out for you yeah. in layman's terms and he's a great guy to consult for yeah. this kind and of stuff and it's also one of those things that you don't want to be learning as you're going through the process right so get like get in touch with him now like start like start thinking about it start learning start understanding and then when it, when you are ready. You'll have some, you know, some, you know, weapons at your disposal to be able to to negotiate and figure out like what's good for you. And Hawkbird can, you know, really guide you through that. Yeah, and I will like to add that they do own a suite at the United Center, 
And as soon as the UC opens up, we will be having parties there for stoolies and people interested in the home buying process and credit questions, um, uh, probably in 2021, realistically. But we will be uh, opening that up to everybody as well. So bring uh, a question for David, yeah. bring a question for Carl. Yeah. So email him and what? E- include me on the copy. Questions. And uh, for me. Email him and include me on the copy if you want, 56david, uh, or david at 56david.com. And like I said, if you read your question on air, he'll toss you a $50 Amex gift card or a Graziano gift card, whatever it is. Uh, he'll hook you up. But um, great great guy to consult for all home buying needs. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Homeside Financial. Homeside Financial. Uh, all right. I think that's it for the show. But David asked before we started recording if he could introduce a new segment. Um, I'm feeling in a charitable mood. I think it'd be interesting if we ended shows going forward with Dave introducing a new segment. So we'll see if this works. Yeah, I'm going to introduce a new segment today. Um, with the caveat it, that we have about six minutes. So I want to introduce a new segment that uh, I kind of thought of. It was yesterday because I put a bunch of clothes in the laundry and I just dumped it on my bed and I've been kind of just picking boxers and socks off my bed and I've been sleeping on my couch for like the last three, four, five days, whatever, instead of hanging all my clothes and like pairing the socks and putting them in drawers and all that mm-hmm. shit. So the, uh, the segment is this is pandemic living mm-hmm. kind of off of, you know, port noise. This is uh, Nantucket living. So I want to know if you guys have been doing anything, you know, lazy because of quarantine and the pandemic. Okay. So I got a little confession to make. I kind of, I don't do the sleep on the couch part, but I, I very lazy about laundry i'll just dump it i have like a little side table i saw that yeah you've been in there yeah where i'll just throw it on the floor in the bedroom and like do the same thing where i'll like pick out the clean stuff and i you just, do that regularly yeah that's not like a that's pandemic disgusting. thing and i just gotta say like i've been doing less laundry in general i'll go, if 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 not for radio i probably just don't put on underwear like i just have like sweatpants or basketball shorts and i just like i'm just not just free ball yeah just because i'm not doing i'm not doing it i'm not doing any more laundry no one cares i'm not going anywhere don't need it. How many times do you rip your sack off your leg a day? I mean that that is a thing, and especially now more the summer, like you gotta a like get a little stick. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. So, but you just kind of get up off the couch and do like a, a little shimmy, a little shimmy, or yeah. do the uh, what's the Portnoy uh, Jeff Bagwell? Let him hang a little bit. Because Dave's got long balls. Long ball, Dave. Yeah, sorry. Continue. Yeah, and then that you know, then you're fine. But yeah, I I've, I've, I get a little bit gross with it. I would say, Carl. You know, I think like the time vortex is really thrown off showering sometimes. You shower in the morning, you get up, you come in here. So like showering's been thrown out the window on like a semi-regular basis just because I'm like up at different times. So I mean, there have been, I mean, there's been stretches, long stretches, long Thursdays, Fridays where I'm getting that shower on like a Saturday afternoon and it's just so disgusting, but I don't have any social obligations yeah mm-hmm. that's where this is all coming that's in. So what i think the, this comes in yeah but I, i'm not that weird when it comes to laundry like i'll just do it every two days and fold it and put it back i don't have a lot of clothes to begin with that's by design like i only have a couple t-shirts i wear you guys will know this like i literally only have like eight t-shirts i don't carry a lot of clothes with me and we don't have a ton of space that's so the way my to go, weirdness I think. is in the personal hygiene standpoint. i i mean we have put so many damn shirts out in the last year that my entire wardrobe is basically barstool shit yeah. it's a work shirt so i Uniform. I have so much fucking laundry. I mean, I do laundry like in general, like maybe once a month because I have enough laundry myself where I can get through that much. 